Welcome to the Life is Relationships podcast, where we share biblical truths about marriage, parenting, and discipleship. The desire of CTCI is to see individuals and families restored in their relationship to the Father and for them to be empowered to have thriving, godly relationships that impact the communities around them. Hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we have Larry and Susan Pons joining us once again, and uh, they're going to share about something that is one of the the teachings that they have in Train to Reign that has to do with uh, what does your home represent? What is your home full of? Does your home represent heaven or hell? And so, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, AJ. We're glad to be here, AJ. So, the whole purpose of, of that talk that you give about your home representing heaven or hell is that you want for for families to have their homes be a representation of heaven, meaning that it, it's a place of peace, that it's a refuge, that it's a safe place for their children to grow up, as well as it's just, this is the standard of how we're going to live in our homes. And so why is it that maintaining peace in your home is so important? My attitude towards this, AJ, has always been out there in the world you're going to get smacked around. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. There are positives that we can all find in the world, but there are many, many negatives. And I believe as human beings, we all need a place to run to where it's safe, it's peaceful. We can speak honestly what's going on in our lives. And that's what home represents to me. Home is a, should be a refuge where the mother and father are not constantly uh, fighting, where the children and the parents aren't fighting, but it's a, an experience in peace, which is very difficult to find in these days and times that we live in. Susan and I had this discussion even before we had children, Yeah, what we wanted our home to be like. And I'll, I'll never forget her words. She said, it needs to be a haven. Mm-hmm. And so it was a goal. Uh, it's not just something that just happens. It, it was a conscientious decision that we made that our home was going to be peaceful. Now, <laughs> to get it there, get it there was there, another experience. It took a lot of work and effort, but we had to be at peace with each other yes. before we expected our children to be peaceful. Now there were stages in, in our in our household where uh, anyone could walk in and say, "Wow, this is anything from being peaceful," but the goal was always there, and so it helped guide us through many years of uh, having established a place of peace when you walked into our household. Today, most visitors will come in, and especially because Susan's. Uh, eloquent way of just setting our house up, They th- usually the word is, this place is so peaceful. And that is a goal. It was, uh, and, and I, I think if you just think that it's just going to develop someday or you're just going to make a decision that's going to happen, it's not the way to do it. It has yeah. to be a lifelong goal. The Word of God tells us that the natural comes before the spiritual. And by natural, it means... <laughs> We have to get in there and decide to make it that way. We just can't. Well, at least it hasn't been my experience. that I say, Jesus, please make our home peaceful. It hasn't worked that way. It took action on our parts to it. And I think one of the main parts, uh, AJ, is respect. 
Our children were taught to respect us. They may not have been thinking that on the inside, but on the outside, it was respect. And we respected them. We respected their giftings. But we, most of all, we respected the Lord and what He was desiring for our family. And that was our goal. What I'm hearing you talk about is that there's a, there was an intentionality that you two set in motion even before you had children that this is what we want our home to represent. And Larry, I would imagine that when you're talking about people coming into your home that it, during a time when they would have said, this is anything but peaceful, I would imagine that it was more just the chaos of, of life and school and sports because I know exactly. that, that your children were in that. But so it was more of what was happening and just the bustle of activity, but yet the spirit of the home was still that of peace and that yes. it was a peaceful, safe place. At the end of the day, it was peace in those kind of situations. That's where we always ended with family devotions. We always, and everyone was in a peaceful place before we went to bed. I'll, I'll never forget when Susan was having major surgery and we were, we didn't know what the, what it was going to be. Uh, th- there was projections. The C word was mentioned, you know, and, and so we were all very concerned. I'll never forget that night. We were having the family gathered around and all of a sudden, she she just looked at everyone, and she went around to each person and said, do you forgive me? And everyone had to answer that question. Each child, I had to answer that. But it was a sober time. But what it did, it brought peace into the fact of what was most important. It was not mm-hmm. the fact that she was just going to have surgery, and we didn't know what was going to happen. There was a frantic, a uh, fearful thing. She brought peace in and said, am I forgiven? If something does happen, am I forgiven? And all of a sudden, it realized what we realized together what was more important. But that was that was uh, years of establishing uh, uh, that kind of peace that would settle into your house, and so we were settled into a place before she went in for surgery. Uh, that, that's just an example. You're talking about again. It was the intentionality of going, hey. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that everything, that our hearts are all in the right place, whether it's a a big, scary health issue, or even if it's just your day-to-day, there's an intentionality of making sure everyone's heart is in the right place. And so what are some of the ways that peace can can be disrupted in your home or that someone may be experiencing a disruption in their home regarding that that peace and that haven? Well, we've had uh, a ministry of over 40 years where we're helping people understand what that peace looks like. And if it's not intentional, if it's not designed, or if it's not developed through the years, uh, serious consequences can happen. And we had, I'll never forget a, a, a father calling us. We, we knew this family. We knew them well. We knew their children. And he was very distraught when he called, and he asked if he could have an appointment, and of course, we set up the time together, and when he got together, uh, he he just started talking about a turn that his twenty-year-old son had taken, very serious turn. Uh, he was uh, he had never caused uh, serious problems before, but all of a sudden he was uh, he'd gotten mixed up with the wrong crowd. He was going out at night. He was staying out late. He's involved um, with an older woman. Involved with the woman, uh, women. Uh, he he was it was just not good. Uh, the worst thing that uh, the 
uh, dad expressed to me was that his respect for his for his own mother was uh, just uh, it was gone. Uh, he was treating her very badly, and because he was working, she was home all the time. He she was getting the blunt of his uh, of his ex, uh, of his anger expressions. And so uh, it was at that point I asked him this question that really took him back. I said, what do you want in your family? Do you want heaven or do you want hell? And he looked at me uh, and he said, what do you mean? I said, well, do you want heaven in your home or do you want hell? And he said, well, I want heaven, of course. And I said, it sounds to me like you've allowed hell to come in. And he really pondered that, and he was a, a very serious expression. This was very serious to him. The whole atmosphere was heavy. And he said, are you saying to me that I don't need to let my son be in our home? I said, no, I'm not saying that at all. I would never say something like that. I said, that's a decision that you and your wife have to discuss and you have to talk about. But it's, I said, all it sounds to me is like you're allowing hell to come into your home. And all of a sudden, the light went off in him. He said, that's exactly what's happening. We had, we had a, a peaceful home, and now all of a sudden it's hellish. Well, so he, we discussed, and, and he uh, talked about parameters and the way he needs to handle things. And so he went home and talked with his wife. I knew all this because he called me the next day, and he said, Larry, uh, let me tell you what happened. And so he uh, stayed out on his porch. They had a porch, and he was in a swing chair, and it was dark. When his son came home, it was about 3, 3.30 in the, uh, in the early morning. And uh, he son didn't see him because he was in the dark, and he said, uh, right before he started opening the door, and he said, hello, son. He said, Dad, what are you doing out here? And he said, well, I wanted to talk to you. And the son replied, well, I'm just, Dad, I'm tired. I, I, I don't want to talk now. I'm going to bed. And the dad said, I told him, not in this house. And all of a sudden, the son said, what do you mean? He said, well, son, for you to come into this house, and he didn't use the word hell, but he said, but you're going to have to change. You're going to have to change the way you approach things. The, you got to respect your mother. He went through, the, he listed everything. You're just going to, you're not going to be staying out at night. You're not going to go out drinking and doing all the things that you're doing. Well, the son just got a rate. And he said, I'm not listening to this. I'm not listening to you lecturing me. And he just stormed off and left. He said, I'm not coming back. So that's what the dad shared with me the next day. And I had to console him. I had to say, listen, uh, his name was not John, but I said, John, you did the right thing. You, uh, it's hard at that age, but you did the right thing. You cannot let hell come into your home. Well, three days later, the son knocked on the door, <laughs> wouldn't come in like he normally did. Uh, they were all there this in the evening time. And he, before he walked in, he said, Dad, uh, I apologize for the way I've been doing. And he agreed to everything the dad said and immediately went in and apologized to his mom for the way he'd been treating her. And everything changed. It changed at that moment. Now, I'm not saying everything was perfect. I'm just saying it all changed because he made one decision. Is he going to have heaven in your home or hell? then the hellish nature of his son just could not exist in, in a peaceful, functioning family. And then so he, they decided to deal with that, and he and his wife were in agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always loved that story that you shared during Train Terrain because it, it does paint such a clear picture of how 
of what the impact is on your home about what behavior are you allowing in your home. And for anybody listening, what are a few ways that people can be very intentional about maintaining that presence of peace, making their home that that haven, that place of heaven? How can people be very intentional about cultivating that in their home, in the behaviors and how they're raising their children and, and all of those kinds of things? Mm-hmm. I mean, today's society, oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, when, when we when our family was uh, coming along, we had landline phones. I don't know if everyone who's listening to this understands what that means anymore. They, were, they had a bell that you had to dial on the phone, these kind of things. But we would not allow anyone to answer it during meal times. It was an interruption. Uh, I know that seems so extreme, but today with cell phones, everybody brings their cell phones to the table if they have a table. If they're not, everybody's just nuking their own uh, dinner or lunch or whatever they're having. Uh, so cell phones and the control of cell phones and the amount of time that can spend on t- uh, cell phones. And then the movies that you watch. Well, uh, what, everything is just available now. And so what were you allowing? See, that comes right into your home. It's not physical, yes. uh, but it's absolutely, it absolutely exposes you to a whole world that is... Uh, violent, <laughs> violent, uh, all kinds immoral. of immoral. And so you're wondering where these kids pick up. As a matter of fact, we're hearing parents all the time. Where did you pick that up? You know, when they say something or how they're doing it. We never taught you that. Well, everything that's coming to them, uh, the computer and the use of the computer. Oh my gosh, uh, uh, pornography is pandemic, it, 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 and male and female. Uh, so you're engaged into this fantasy world, which takes them into a make believe. Uh, uh, idyllic uh, uh, sense that that it is not real, and it, and it separates husband and wife. That those are hellish things that are we're allowing to come into our home, and arguing, fussing, fighting, especially in front of the children. Uh, that's not a that's not a good thing. Do you have some other things? Um, no, I I agree about all of that, Larry. I I just know that the phone has divided. Not only families, I believe it's divided our nation. I believe it's divided the church. I think in so many ways the world has joined the church because of these phones. And we have um, grandchildren who are uh, teenagers now and all of that. And there are ways now that you can uh, track what your children are are getting because you you see this difference in their behavior and it goes back to the phone and if you're brave enough as a parent first of all that you're not addicted to the phone and second of all you're willing to take that phone away until your child straightens up that is a consequence that what your eyes are seeing what your ears are hearing that overflows into what your mind is thinking. It, I believe they've taken childhood, they've helped to take childhood away from children, and it's forced them into an adult world that they will never forget the images nor the words, many times hateful words that have been spoken by others to them. It's, uh, it's a tragedy, really. <laughs> And I don't know what can what we can do about it practically, but Larry and I watched a documentary uh, by the men who had uh, 
created the whole cell phone, the you know, all the programs on it and everything. And he said, we created a monster. And he said, we do not allow our children, our own children, to have phones. And he said, I had to go through a withdrawal to get off of it myself. So if a parent does not want their child involved in that, they have to look at themselves first and be willing to sacrifice their addiction for the sake of their children. I, th- I think to understand this question, because we can go, we can talk about yeah. social media and all of, all of its evils, and there's some good uh, as well. But when we, we try to define the word hell, and hell is the absence of God. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, God is not there. So you look in your home, and you start deciding what is, what's not God. Uh, and then, uh, what can God not be a part of? You know, what would what would Jesus? How would uh, what would He do in these certain situations? So you you're looking at the kind of music you listen to, uh, to uh, just the way you're having a conversation. We, we're we're dealing with uh, uh, with people today who are Christians who treat each other horribly as a husband and wife. And so I always ask the question: How can you call yourself a Christian? And speak that way towards each other. It just doesn't make sense. And so uh, these are other ways that you know you, you, we define what a hellish nature is. For us, we we realized that uh, as a couple, we could not, or we could, we, we'd get into that place. But we realize it's it's not heaven. It's not this haven that we agreed to. This is uh, this is something that's outside of the realms that God has blessed and given us grace for. We have this little plaque on our wall, and it says, The greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother. And I believe that's true. That's the first step. And then that begins to overflow into respect and obedience and all of these qualities that carry into our homes and make it a peaceful place. Yeah. Well, thank you both for painting such a clear and beautiful picture of how what we are allowing, whether it's our own use of social media or what's on the internet, and from that to just how we speak to each other, how there are these intentional things that are the things that need to be done in order to maintain that presence of heaven, that presence of peace in our home, and that that starts well before you even have children. Yes, it does. And that it carries through. You get to watch it, and you get to help cultivate that within your children as they grow. So thank you so much Mm -hmm. for for coming on and sharing that with us today. You're so very welcome, AJ. Thank you. Thank you, AJ. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one, and we would love if you left us a review. For more information about CTCI and our upcoming programs, be sure to check out ctcilife.org. This podcast is a production of Christian Training Center International, and it is produced by AJ Selby and Seth Stradling.